0: I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines for Monday. Rockets two and zero start the season two straight outright wins as underdogs. Title odds surge now thirteen to one. Pat's players opting out like crazy. Belichick standing strong. He says Cam must win the job. All that talk aside, Cam's odds surge to be the starter. Finally, Zion. Minutes restrictions, win restrictions apparently 0 2, title odds down below 12%. Not even title odds, just to make the playoffs. Here comes a full hour of The Vegas Truth covering all that and more.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is straight out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, RJ Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas
2: Strip,
0: here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm RJ, live on a Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation, and live from Vegas, and in studio, Fez. A lot of betting odds on Twitter, Fez, that you weren't going to make it in today. They said, RJ fleeced him again. I mean, when's he going to learn? Any comment? Celtics choked. Uh, Well, yeah, I I get it, right? But any comment? No comment. So, just to be clear, Fez has won, I think it's seven (laughs) of the last 47 bets against me. Now, that could be a little... I mean, Jonas, does that sound right to you?
3: That sounds about right.
0: And this guy, now, let's be clear, he's as good as they get, I mean, you know, in his universe of people, which is professional batters. I'm a little different. How... I don't know. I could describe it different way. Academically inclined, you know, a veteran of the school of hard knocks, not cloistered in his silver spoons-esque existence. How do you rationalize it?
2: It's because you know my strengths, and more importantly, you know my weaknesses. So, couldn't you learn your weaknesses the same way I learned them?
0: Well, sure. You're so helping why, to
2: expose them.
0: Then why doesn't it stop? You would think that this, the edges I have on you would... I have edges back in the attic I haven't even brought <laughs> out yet.
2: And your handicap was excellent in that Milwaukee... I said, you know, Milwaukee, I don't really know about their motivation. So, in so the just Atlanta to be clear, bubble. Milwaukee, Boston. The fr- <laughs>
0: so literally, the one team that's hungriest, you'd have to say, Milwaukee... Giannis, and, and let's be honest...
2: Yannis Antetokounmpo.
0: Giannis saying, you know something? I am going to probably have a second MVP here, but I still am not getting respect. So, I, I mean, he is focused, you would think. Boston, who you could say they're fighting between two and three and all that, but uh, the dial doesn't go past 10. Spinal Tap said the amp does. The dial of effort goes to 10 or 100, however you want to look at it. Both teams were max motivated. What made you think that Milwaukee wasn't going to be?
2: In general, I don't believe Milwaukee's going to be Max motivated well, luckily, in Orlando. But in this luckily game, they, they were. I mean, if you were to bet me
0: all eight games, I would have been interested. Yes. <laughs> I,
3: I mean, I just thought, get this out of the way. Get this I, out of the way. I, I got to give Fez credit, though. He oh. in, in one of the most egregious officiating moves towards the end of that game in which it seemed like they were trying to keep Giannis in the game. And he looked like he fouled out twice. And Fez never brought it up. He just Wore it. I got to give him credit. Because
0: you've got to understand that's what the NBA is going to do, right? <laughs> yeah, you really want Giannis found out. By the way, this is an amazing stat. And we mentioned Kareem last week. First player since Kareem, and this was 1971, Kareem. He was almost Lou Cinder. But Kareem, to record back-to-back games of 35 points, 15 rebounds, and five assists. Now this this is the guy. Guy nice antitoko umpo. Who you thought wouldn't be motivated? <laughs> jo- Jonas Knox in LA. Everybody.
3: Uh, always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got another RJ over Fez bet and a successful <laughs> one for RJ Bell. We've got some bad news at a Major League Baseball with another team in the National League. What is the Vegas lead here on this Monday?
0: You know, all this machinations back and forth with the COVID, I'm going to let that be. I want to start with the Houston Rockets. I mean, the reality is, by all accounts, and maybe we can start with what we thought of the bubble play, because I think generally it's been so much better received than expected, that as it is exciting to watch, people care more about the title. I mean to some degree a title always matters, but it feels like the NBA is going to have center position, you know, at least to the start of the NFL. And I think the Rockets and the way they've started is as strong as you can imagine any team starting.
3: Yeah, the Rockets were the interesting team to watch or one of the interesting storylines heading into the bubble, a team known for wearing down when it gets to the postseason. And all they've done is come out and light it up, beating Milwaukee, beating the Milwaukee Bucks most recently, but off to a 2-0 and start and looking like a real threat in the Western Conference.
0: Yeah, so, Fez, and we had some fun at the beginning, but let's get to making money here. But we do look at things with square eyes and squarely at them, clear eyes. You have been a big skeptic of the Rockets. When they originally traded and went small ball, it was like, I still remember you were sitting right there, and he was saying, I'm not high on the Lakers. And it's like, Lakers, what do you mean? He goes, well, they just played the Rockets and uh." Davis only had 35. It was remember 35. I remember. And you and I go, "What? 35? That seems pretty good, you know. I'm I'm not a statistician, but." And he goes, "Well, against those really small guys, I I could score against them or something like that." He might have used a pejorative term for small people. I don't know. But the fact is you haven't really left that position. That and this today in pre-production you said I think everyone's overreacting. And we talked about it during the headlines. The Rockets are now at 13 to 1, up from 16 to 1, just over two games. One, how much of an upgrade have you given the Rockets? And number two, why do you think maybe the market's overreacting?
2: I didn't upgrade the Rockets. Whoa, whoa, not an iota. No. And here's why. I
0: might have to turn his mic off. (laughs) I mean, do you want to vote on that? I mean, uh, listen, here's the thing. Uh. At minimum, just that they come back in shape and seem to have some cohesion has to be an upgrade. Because when you agree there's more question marks starting the bubble play than any start to any section of any season you can remember. Agreed. So, in general, there's a chance that someone comes in with a pot belly. There's a chance they come in mad at each other, drug addiction. Who knows, right? Anything can happen in five months. The fact that it seems clear the Rockets are, at minimum, at a good basic level of fitness
2: and team chemistry, does not even get a small upgrade. Maybe it should, because obviously the end games the Rockets have performed – Tremendously, But the bottom line, i got to ask you about this, against Dallas, all right? The Rockets are a one-point underdog. They're down seven with 45 seconds to play. The Rockets have far less than a 5% chance to win that game, and yet somehow they wind up winning in overtime. You get down seven with 45 seconds. At that point, you cannot, you should not win that game.
0: And then when you do, is that invalidate the win, or does it make it more impressive? When you I can gotta. win those kind of games, because let's be honest, if the two things, let's say they would have came back a little and lost by three against the Mavs, so okay, and then they win the second game, that's still pretty good, right? When you when you almost win a game as a small dog and then you win a game as yeah, a dog. one and
2: one as an underdog in both games, pretty good, yes.
0: And in general. You have said, or I think we agree, that just coming back in shape and there not being any obvious defi- or defects on the team is something worth an upgrade, right? Yes. But instead, the Rockets upgrade from you is?
1: 0.0. Point zero.
2: And their third best player, Gordon, isn't playing right now. So he's out for about 14 more days. Which makes that's, it even more impressive what they're doing. Well that's why I haven't upgraded them.
0: But you must wait, if you downgrade oh, you know what's funny with fat the more you peel back the onion, the worse <laughs> the worse he's getting beat in a debate, the more facts start to fly in. So all you had to say at the beginning was, oh, significant upgrade, but you gotta account that I downgraded him X for this much, and does net net their records or their power ratings the same, but they what well, I saw these two. Two games did lead to an upgrade. It just came from a lower place because I had downgraded him because of an absence. You didn't say any of that, did yeah, you? I did not. Which means it doesn't exist. You're making it up. So, but let's just shine a light on that. So what explain to us the machinations about
2: the absence. Who's absent? Gordon, he's worth a point. He's another one of their guards that bombs from three and so he's worth a point. Yes. What's his first
0: name? Eric. Eric Gordon, you got him worth a point. How long has he been out?
2: I don't have the details on him. But but, but you had that downgrade straight, didn't you?
0: Jonas, to some degree, you just (laughs) let people up. You just say, but all joking aside, this is the problem. And this is where someone like Jonas doesn't have this problem. And I actually respect it. He doesn't get emotionally invested in his positions. Because just like in poker... The worst thing you can do in poker is have two kings, bet big before the flop. Now you're holding them, you got pocket kings. Flop comes ace, queen, 10, two spades. Now your hand just got, went from big favor to a significant underdog. But I got kings! I got king. Yeah, but there's new information. Steve, you were anti-rockets. To be honest, this is something I think Colin Cowherd does. A personal friend. I like Colin. I call him the way I see him. No sacred cow herds. He gets on his position. Andrew Luck is great. And it doesn't matter what kind of contortionist he needs to be to make it work. He's going to find a way to do it. By the way, look at the Jets. You're going to hear more anti-Jets front office, anti-Jets players, except for the chosen one, Sam Darnold. You're going to hear all kind of negatives. You know why? Cuz that makes Colin's uh-huh. take on Sam Darnold, "Oh, he's being held back." Just like Andrew Luck 10 years in the league was held back because he didn't have the right front office. If objective facts don't matter, none of this our job should go away. Because there has to be a way to tell who won the argument in the end. But if Andrew Luck can retire and we can still say he had a great career, for a number one pick, and quite frankly, a number one pick was the next John Elway. That, that's not a, That was below 50th percentile. Whatever you want to say, the expectations on Andrew Luck were below 50th percentile, meaning what he achieved versus expectations. I couldn't have done what he did, but that wasn't the question. The Houston Rockets have exceeded expectations since you became an anti Rockets guy, but you won't move. And that's why I keep beating your
2: butt. <laughs> I'm telling him that, Jonas, and he won't respond. You know, and the roll change. And it's short is entertaining. Get this against Milwaukee. 91 shots for the Rockets. Two thirds of them, RJ, from three. Two-thirds of them.
0: That's the way they play. So so is that good or bad?
2: I think that's good.
0: He's schizophrenic now. (laughs) When we come back, we're gonna look at the rest of the NBA. Weekend, because quite frankly, I think there was a couple of big surprises even feds will agree with.
3: That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
3: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take a closer look at one of the disappointments in the early going of the NBA restart. And
0: we're not talking about Fez's bet against me. <laughs> <laughs> He's been taken right. You know, start, throw the t- Remember in Rocky Four. remember when Apollo's getting crushed? They say, throw in the towel. (laughs) No one's here to help you. Adrian, you don't have an Adrian in your corner. Hopefully
2: the outcome will be a little bit better at the end here.
0: (laughs) This is a great day to join us. In fact, I got a little bit on this Rockets I want to clarify because I think it's so fascinating. Is this, since the restart, not two games, Rockets, 57% of their attempts, three-pointers. 57. Before this season... Any team in the history of the NBA, the most ever, 44%. So 13% more, it's two games, of any team that ever had a complete season. I mean, the Rockets are literally changing the game. And it feels like a culmination of their intention all along. I mean, if you look at the history of teams, the Rockets for the last four or five years percentage of shots being three are right there at the top of the all-time list and now they're taking it a step further and the trade that Fez derided is the cause. In general that gives the Rockets a chance to beat teams they wouldn't beat otherwise. Higher variance when you shoot threes. If you're a dominant team you don't want that. You want a lower variance. You'd want nothing more if you're the best inside team or even the best team in general. Not to have any threes. Because threes just make it. You wouldn't want a shot clock. You wouldn't want threes. You'd want anything that can lower variance. Rockets say, we're not as good. We just aren't as good as the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks. So what do they got to do? They got to increase variance and just hope they can get hot. They might lose a series early that you wouldn't expect them to lose. But if your ultimate goal is to win the title, What Daryl Morey is doing is strategically the best thing. Does that resonate with you, Faz?
2: Resonates big time, and that's why the Rockets are the number four pick to win the NBA. They're not necessarily the fourth best team. I think Boston's better, but I do think that the Rockets have a better puncher's chance against the premium teams than Boston does.
0: And your love for Boston cost you your bet against me on Friday, and now you're explaining (laughs) the the. I mean, just hey. But when the news breaks against you, you just got to grin and bear it. That's all. It's a great day to join us. You're listening to the Fastest Grown Show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has doubled in the last year or so. And we thank you so much for that. And you have my personal promise this football season will be the best yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app just straight out of Vegas. Right now in Vegas, 108 degrees. Now, no excessive heat warning, luckily. 108 this fine, 108. Neon is pulsing.
3: So, RJ, we've got an early look ahead to the 6.30 p.m. Eastern time tip-off. We will get to that here in just one moment. Do want to let you know that we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in-store, curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone, AutoZone. The New Orleans Pelicans have been a disappointment to start out the NBA restart in the bubble and tipping off 5 minutes. Minutes from now, in Orlando, the Pelicans versus the Grizzlies. And on pregame.com, New Orleans is a five-point favorite.
0: Yeah, and this baby opened up Pelicans one and a half. You might say, wait a minute, you go 0-2, the game opens up one and a half and gets bet up to five Pelicans favorite. It strikes me this is the famous must-win. Joseph and I were talking about this last week. In general, must-win teams, the public is aware of the dynamic, and they overvalue it. To some degree, teams are trying anyway. You add that pressure, sometimes it's a net negative. Fez, can you see any reason for this move towards the Pelicans against the Grizzlies? And obviously the Grizzlies are the team that uh, they're chasing at number 8, right? So it's the matchup of two Rookie of the Year candidates but the line just keeps going up, up, up. Is there any reason for me not to have one of these last-minute picks that I'm undefeated on? I kind of like the Grizzlies here.
2: The only trepidation you'd have is bad scheduling spot for Memphis, third game and four nights, and it's a back-to-back. So they played two very close games, lost in overtime Friday night. Sunday they lost by two against the Spurs. So now the question is in the bubble. So,
0: But you would make the case they feel a real need to win this game
2: too. Yeah, the fact that they're 0-2. I think gives them added motivation and makes them play more minutes, despite it like it being a bad scheduling spot for them. But I,
0: how much is it a bad scheduling spot if it's the beginning of... There's two ways to look at this. One is, they haven't really played much real basketball, so they can't be that tired. Or you could say, they're not in game shape fully yet. That's the... Mm. Their susceptibility to be fatigued goes up because they're not really in great shape yet. Which point? Where do you fall on that?
2: The latter. I think that having not played for months and months, and then having to play three games in four nights, it's worth something. I think it's being overstated in this line. Though.
0: Yeah, but when when this, but here's the thing: when the line opened up at one and a half, they knew the schedule. Right? They did. So, this idea that this move is based on the schedule doesn't make sense to me. That would be in the opener, you'd think.
3: And they're not traveling. There's no travel involved. You're basically going to get on an elevator and go back up to your room. So, it does feel like this is kind of a big line, especially for a spot. Memphis is going to want to win just as much as New Orleans is, as you pointed out.
0: And if anything, let's be candid. Memphis felt wronged. In fact, I'm going to do this. The game starts at 35. (laughs) Let's make this official. I mean... I don't know how else to say it. I've been perfect at this. Three and zero on Friday, just in the moment. One and zero against you. I think it was another winner in there somewhere. <laughs> Sometimes they get lost. We're going with it. Grizzlies plus five. It's the RJ Blink. Malcolm Gladwell. He looked at it. He didn't research it too much, but hell, his instincts are great. Pick on the Grizzlies. You want to go against me, Fez? Gosh, no. <laughs> Especially with the way Zion's been playing. Not. Not well. Let's talk about that. That's Steve Fezzik, MRJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. So, Zion played the entire season, you know, the games he played up until now. His worst plus-minus performance... So, Fez, explain plus minus.
2: Plus minus is, while you're on the court, how does your team do versus your
0: opponent? So, the theory, in the long run, even though there's other factors than you, it's going to be, Larry Bird's going to probably help his team back in the day, right? Or, obviously, pick your player, LeBron, et cetera. Now, in all those games prior to this restart, Zion's worst performance was minus 10 points. So, when he was on the court, they lost by 10 in that game. Okay. In the first game, minus 16, his worst of his career. Second game, minus 17. Now, I know he didn't play 1,000 games before this. Is it a coincidence that his two worst games of his career by plus minus are these two? And he left the bubble for mysterious reasons? Or, let's say, unknown reasons, which by definition, I guess there's a mystery to them. What do you think, Jones? What's going on with Zion?
3: He seems, for a guy that everybody talked, was in phenomenal shape and took the quarantine uh, very, very seriously, and all these pictures came out. Um, That seems like somebody who got out of shape real quick, almost too quick, which makes me wonder how in shape was he during the quarantine before all this started.
0: Well, I mean, you look at his second game, seven points. At least he had five rebounds, but he played less minutes. So all the talk was... Why wasn't he in the last seven minutes and change of that game, first game, right? Yeah. And then he plays less minutes, 14 minutes versus 15 in the first game. That tells me they know something about him that, you know, you got to wonder if you bet the Grizzlies here, or I'm sorry, the Pelicans here, would you want more Zion at this (laughs) point? I don't know. I, I, you know, Jonas, we talked about this. There, we talked about Larry Holmes against Ali and how Ali looked great. There's that physical beach body good look or, yeah. or good health, and then there's the basketball health.
3: Yeah, and, and you see that a lot in fighting. The real muscular fighters, the guys that have a lot of muscle mass, they tend to fatigue quicker because it takes a lot more energy trying to keep that muscle mass on. I also look at it like this. The, the best way to get in shape is to do what you're trying to get in shape for. So why wouldn't they play him more minutes? This feels like it's a long-term play and maybe ownership is saying, "Look, we plan on having fans in the arena next year and if that's the case, we got to make sure this guy's there to sell tickets."
0: But that's the question. And I got to I guess give begrudging credit to some of these shows. They are so chock-full of former players that it's like you got to wonder if O.J. Simpson, if that case went down, they'd be on saying, well, you know, I mean, it's like they never will blame... These former players don't want to blame players. And listen, if that's their style, I don't blame them for having that broadcasting style. Just why are they being hired at such... And I'm fine if you have a panel of three people and a moderator, and one of them is a player or former player... The other two, one's an analytics guy, one's a former front office guy or coach. I would love that. You get the on the field, you get the front office, you get the math guy. But it's usually a bunch of players, because they have names. And it's easier to have that, oh, I remember Ryan Clark. Listen, as a Steeler fan, I loved Ryan Clark. One of my favorite players. He doesn't have, in my opinion... A non-player in that kind of spot is often, especially if you do have a player's perspective. I think having no player perspective is bad because it's a bunch of guys that are theoretically talking about it, right? But if someone says, oh, no, no, here's why you're wrong, I take that very seriously. But when you have so many players and so many of them seem to be worried about offending other players, then you're not getting honest analysis. And some of them actually said around the shows, wait a minute, Zion's not injured. Someone said coming off an injury, they should be you know, scaling his minutes up slowly. Yeah. It's like he was injured way before. That injury took like double as long as people thought it should. Then he came back and played almost 20 games, right? Yeah,
2: and he was playing phenomenal. He was averaging 25 points per game and just um, exceeding expectations. And now you have an extended break, which, let's be honest, has
0: been longer than a normal season, even. And he comes back, and why, you know, I guess we'd have to know to some degree why he was absent to start with. I've never seen so many family emergencies, I can't lie. I mean, you don't hear about these during the right rec- when there wasn't a bubble,
2: right, Steve? Only with the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What does that even mean? Well, the Clippers had, you know, five guys missing for, during their summer camp, so.
0: Oh, okay. But was that family emergencies?
2: They, three of them were, yes.
0: I don't know, but we'll talk about the Clevers. Last thing on the Pelicans is, oh, this is hilarious. Now, Jones, we could say this is a coincidence. Look at pregame right now, game center. What's the odds on the Pelicans-Grizzlies?
3: Odds on Pelicans-Grizzlies, New Orleans has just dropped a half point in the last eight minutes, down to four and a half. So, literally, I say it.
0: And
2: it, it somehow the
0: world moves, <laughs>
2: power move across the board. Aren't I, it? I mean, is it really? It is. All I mean, the fives disappeared right after you said it. I mean, let's be honest. What, what, uh, is, is, I don't listen. Maybe it's a coincidence. What do you think, Dave? Oh, I don't think it's a coincidence.
0: I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want it, Mackenzie. What do you think? I think you yield maybe too much power. Too much or just enough? I don't
2: know. It's scary, though, from, uh, from my perspective.
0: You know, all I'm, I'll just say I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Well, I kind of did, but I'm just going to say this. Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I was so good that whenever I bet, I could change the odds for every bookmaker in the country. I, I mean, we'll just leave it be. <laughs> the odds right now on the Grizzlies to win the— Eighth seed or, or the playoff spot. And obviously, the teams competitive with them the Spurs, the Blazers, and the Pelicans. Here's what makes the Pelicans' chances so precarious. And 12% is the estimate at the ringer right now. And there's different ways to model it, but that seems about right to me 12%. And it's dropped drastically since the beginning, you know, the 0 and 2. It's they have to pass up two teams. So here's another thing that makes no sense to me. And Jonas and I were laughing for a while about the first time in history you don't have to win, but you have to be within X number of games and all the shenanigans to try to get this, you know, the seeding games played so all the TV contracts could get fulfilled. Coincidentally, you know, just that number of games. Is they now have to pass up two teams. So even if they're somehow within a half a game, let's say, oh my gosh, they surge. If there's another team tied, so if it was like the uh, Grizzlies and the Spurs had the exact same record and the Pelicans were half a game back, Pelicans are out. They're not even in the play Exactly. So somehow they're saying it's within four games is what matters.
2: But you got to be top nine.
0: But if you're somehow within four games, but you're the next team, it doesn't count. But if you're the next team, it does. Well, I thought four games meant you couldn't discern who was better. So why why does it matter? How many teams are within the four?
2: I I didn't write it, RJ. I'm just reporting. I'm it. just you're not reporting anything. You're reading <laughs> in the newspaper and saying it. I'll say this: Portland also. <laughs> He's reporting it. Portland's in the number ten slot, and Portland is playing some really good ball in Orlando. But
0: just mathematically, to in, in six games. To, get, to do better than two teams ahead of you is so much harder than picking up a couple games against one team. Absolutely. And that's why in baseball you often see a team might be five back with eight to play, and they are eliminated because just mathematically – great point. They, yeah, they can't, can't hop all the teams. They can't hop enough teams. So I think the Pelicans, obviously 12% is bad. And when they lose tonight, <laughs> even worse. And then, Steve, we've got the next team in our countdown – do we want to t- tell them the team? Miami Dolphins. Ooh! Be sure
1: to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
3: Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas. RJ Bell.
0: Fez, where's your hate for Fred Van Vliet at? Because for those new, and again with the growth we've had, you got a lot of new people. Fez had a personal, and we'll put that in quotes relationship with Freddie, as he called him. And they just I mean it was like you know how when you know in the media, Jonas, that someone is friends with some a player? Yes. And they so enjoy being friends with him that every chance they get they'll bring their name up. Right. You know, and, and say, Oh, he's one of the hardest workers, you know. You see that, right?
3: Yes, of course. So yeah.
0: This was how Fez was with Freddie. And then at one point Freddie disappointed Fez. And what was it, just two or three bad games in a row? It was 15, a stretch
2: of 15. (laughs) And
0: you guys took it personal.
2: I did, because I talked about Freddie Van Vliet being one of the rare guys that comes off the bench and is a real... a difference maker, moves the needle on the point spread and the like, and then he made me look bad for about a month underperforming.
0: At that point, he publicly on national radio, on this show, announced he was having a split, not amicable, but a split <laughs> with Fred and said, I'm done. We are done. At that point, Fred began the greatest stretch of his career. And then it was announced that his wife was having, I think it was problems at the end stage of a pregnancy. I think it all turned out just fine. But Fred was distracted. Steve didn't even care to know about it. And it's like been an F Steve Fezzik ever since. Now, I mean, literally, this guy's one of the 20 seemingly key players in the NBA. Yeah, I'm
2: bitter. I'm bitter (laughs) completely that he didn't take basketball seriously when his wife was having these pregnancy issues. (laughs)
0: So you blame him for that, not yourself for not knowing it. I mean, you know. If you ask me right now to give you the names of my eight wives, I couldn't do it. Fez just moves on, though. I mean, (laughs) he might have a little bitterness, but in general, he's on to his next group. So it's Jimmy G at this point. You're very close with –
2: who else? Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, my God. How's he been doing?
3: Uh, not as good. He got a 10 There's on a hole. Eight. There's also the, uh, the center for the Warriors last year, Fez, that you were all over. Who oh, my lead? God. Looney. Yes. yes. Looney was, yeah. I
0: think, at one point, Fez's 18th best player in the world. <laughs> I think he's in the G League right now, isn't he? <laughs> all right. When we come back, we'll hear more from Fez. Specifically, we are previewing the Miami Dolphins. Should we bet on them, against them, Tua? All of it.
3: That's coming up next. But first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations, in store, curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Straight out of Vegas! i'm rj bell we
0: are straight out of vegas
3: and i'm jonas knox voice of you the fan rj we have been counting down 32 all the way to one according to steve fezzik and vegas the top 32 teams in the nfl and we get to team number 27 today and it is none other than the miami dolphins
2: the dolphins what's the wise guy opinion Number one factor, the Dolphins are underrated, RJ. Why are they underrated? Because they were terrible back in September. There were some motivation issues associated with the Dolphins' bottom line. Motivation
0: issues? That sounds like someone that like, OD'd <laughs> and he said he had some in-talks issues. No. So you're saying you believed with all your heart. He you said, I'm Steve Fezzik, and I believe the Dolphins are tanking. Correct? Correct. And in hindsight, you figured what? They might have been kind of with ambivalent motivation for two games.
2: Yes, but the bottom line was in the first four games, they got outscored by 34 well, points Well, bad teams,
0: game. losers lose. We've talked and, about and this. And those
2: losers had such horrendous stats in September that that carried over. There was no saving this team statistically as bad as they were in September.
0: So even though they won only five games, so you could say the truth of last year's team was five wins, Fez is saying amongst professional batters, they look at the stats, and they say, like on Dallas is the example of this, Dallas won eight games, but their stats were so much better, like a 10-win team. Yes. They really believe Dallas was a 10-win team. With Miami, you're saying the stats say they were worse than a five-win team, and thus that's why maybe the total, which right now, the total for them, Miami's over or under six wins. You're saying this would be six and a half maybe, but because those stats were so bad last year, they're perceived to have been worse than their record. And you're saying the stats for Miami, those first four games, were not indicative of the truth because of questionable motivation. Rosen at quarterback, who's not an NFL-level quarterback, in the last 12, they were much better than that. Because of that mm, disconnect, Miami's underrated.
2: Exactly.
0: All right, I can accept most of that. Most. I'll tell you what I don't accept at the right time. I'm RJ Bow, straight out of Vegas. Steve Fezik, NFL expert. What is the one big question? If you could have a genie, what would you want answered about the Dolphins?
2: When are they going to replace Fitz Magic with Tua? And I got to tell you, RJ. So
0: you must be thinking, when he comes in,
2: baby, I want to fade Miami. Fade, and here's why. I'm big on Fitzmagic. He's my number no. 15 rated quarterback. He was a top 10 quarterback in QBR stats last year. When Tua replaces him, I think there'll be a lot of excitement about Tua, but I view this as a big downgrade in Miami when and if, of course, that happens.
0: I always like when the professional opinion is different than the public. When Barney at the bar says one thing and Fez says the other. Jonas, wouldn't you agree that a vast majority of casual or even hardcore NFL fans would celebrate Tua becoming the starter?
3: Oh yeah, because they just want to see the excitement. They want to see what's going to happen. He's the, you know, the one of the top picks of the draft. He's got all the buzz surrounding him. I wonder if maybe they're more inclined to not play him at all this year just based on the fact that we're probably not going to have fans in the stadium anyways, and so the whole we've got to sell tickets goes out the window.
0: Yeah, but what about the old, the way to get better at football is playing I know. football?
3: I know. I, but <laughs> all right, that, that's why I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. No,
0: I agree with you. Yeah. It's just like all this waiting for the perfect
2: yep. time. All right, Fez, so force pick over or under, and is it going to be a lean? Now, this is a like. I'm going over six, a little extra vigorous on Miami. We spoke about why they're undervalued, but also they've upgraded. Miami has, look at running back. Last year, Fitzpatrick was the number 1 rusher with 240 yards. No running backs. They pick up Jordan Howard. From Harvard. They pick up Breida. And now on defense, pick up guys like Byron Jones and Van Oy. Much better team this year. Miami, I like, over six, wins minus 125.
0: Okay. That's a second like. I like it. I don't love it because I do think Tua might come. I mean, here's what we know: the coaching staff down there is one of the best young staffs in. You know, we talked about the Bengals earlier. I think one of the worst staffs. Miami, one of the best. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, Flores did a great
0: job last year. And this is a Belichick disciple that seemed to maybe have learned the right lessons. I also believe that that long view, that equity, might have them put Tua in sooner. Because if you're trying to avoid an injury, like Jonas is talking about, I agree, you keep him out. But if he's not hurt, you get better playing football. At football, you know, you get better playing. And to me, they might even take some losses this year to get two reps. So if I knew for sure the tour was sit in the year... I would go with over with you. I think two of them might play more than people think, so I'm just going to keep it as a lean. But I agree with you generally, the pick is over. That's being optimistic about the Dolphins.
3: Straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, the odd couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio. Radio affiliates, we are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Fox Sports Radio.